so all right everybody uh chow's on i know we're still waiting for the upgraded taco machine yeah it's on its way up so uh i made dinner because you know it's my fault we don't have the taco machine uh it's blts for everybody so oh cool. oh, man awesome thank you man all all around tomato looks Mm. weird let me put that to the side i don't don't worry kevin i put uh extra potato on yours <laughs> oh, okay. This the is really good. good. The, the tomatoes got an interesting flavor to it. What did what did you do to it? I think it's like space tomato. Did space it just tomato? Yeah, space tomato. I I found it. I found it in that pen out back. What 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 what, what John? Where did you find the tomato? It was a giant one in the pen out back. It was like multicolored. John, John, there, there, there wasn't a tomato in the pen out back. That was the yeah. alien beach ball from Dark Star. No, it was, it was a, it was a tomato because it was John, like no, 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 no. John. That was no. Well, I'm glad I didn't eat that. Please, please tell me you did not kill my pet thinking it was a tomato. No, I killed a tomato that just happened to be your pet. Uh, oh, no, no, no. At least it wasn't fuzzy. <laughs> Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous superorbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of Discovery and Wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Bottom Shelf. My name is John. I'll be your DM this evening. And uh, 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 John, 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 wrong show. John, wrong show. <laughs> I kid. I kid. Uh, but do, yes, welcome to The Bottom Shelf, a, an extension of the Devotions Network, the network that is devoted to letting you know that you are loved. So if you listen no longer than this moment in the episode please know that you are loved you are cared for and there's a purpose for your life and uh i think that's the whole core mission that we have did i say it right there dallas i rolled a 12 do i get the answer well All right. And on that note, uh, (laughs) that voice you heard was Dallas, Dallas Mora, my boss. Uh, And with him, we have Branson Boykin. I'm here today. Might not be here tomorrow. Because all we are is dust in the wind. Or if you're an alien, you might be a tomato on a BLT. Is there wind in space? Uh, solar winds, my dude. Okay, that works. Dustin, would that be a then, fried tomato then? And then with us as well, we have Kevin Burnham, the dapper man himself, my adopted little brother, and probably the best dressed person in the crew. He's at least wearing pants. Hey, what's up, liar? 
What do you mean? You're liar? not wearing pants? Well, what do you mean? Are you um, not her, wearing her, pants? Let's, let's talk about this. Um, first, I remember when we talked about The Punisher, you said it was your first time ever putting a movie on the top shelf. You have never put a movie on a top shelf before. But you have done so before. And it was also on Mars Attacks because I decided to go back into the, in the files and re-listen to it. And you put Mars Attacks as top shelf. So that's your second movie for putting on a top shelf. You don't even remember your own ratings, so how can I trust any more of your ratings for any more films? And also known about Kevin is he is both angry and apparently petty. So go ahead. <laughs> That's how I roll. And this is why we need a rating page on our website. <laughs> Twice. Uh, Twice, top shelf. All right. <laughs> no, your ratings, sir. It's going to be one of those episodes. I'm not wondering what I've said to this top shelf outside of ramen. <laughs> you, haven't set, you haven't put a single thing. John's the only one in this in this crew so far has put anything on the top shelf. All right. Well, uh, now I, I, I beg to differ. On the crossover episode, I put Pride of the X-Men on the uh, top shelf. We don't care about the stupid <laughs> cartoons. For we those of you I wondering, care cartoons. about the cartoons. Kids cartoons. No one, it's not a movie. Anyway, <laughs> this is devolving quickly. Uh, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, what are we watching today? I'm going to say it like the way you said it, is the correct version because apparently everything I say is wrong. So, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Everything, including what you said about me having put two top shelves. Yes. So, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is a movie we are going to be watching. It is directed by John DeBilla. And let's see, it stars David Miller, George Wilson. Sharon Taylor and a bunch of other um, screwballs in San Francisco at the time. It's rated. Um, it's not rated. It, there's certain ones like it, it never passed the whole MPAA rating, so it's whatever. I think it's supposed to be PG. 87 minutes in color because they were debating whether to do this in color and black and white. I'm so glad they chose color for this because why not? It's a tomato. You want to see it and red, I think. <laughs> Can we not talk about red spherical objects for, for just a few minutes, please? Have you ever oh, seen what, the movie what's your problem? Have you ever seen the movie Fried Green Tomatoes? Yes, it's one of my favorite films, and I have that. I went to that place twice. Those I are actually very there. tasty. I've yes. never had I don't At eat the tomatoes. Station. I don't like Tomato- tomatoes either. Tomatoes are the devil's fruit. Unless you mm. smash them up yeah. and make it into some wonderful salsa. That's Agreed. that's fantastic. Agreed. The way that my family used to say that summer was here, that school was out and summer was here, is when I would come home from teaching, Mandy would make me a tomato sandwich. You toast the bread, spread the mayonnaise, slice up a tomato, put some Mm -hmm. black pepper. It is the taste of summer, and it is wonderful. That's exactly what my mom used to do. Was it as rubbery as the one you had today? I... Well, we are in tomato season, right? So yeah, this there, was a big, time. there was a big one right out back in a pen. John. Um, okay. John, John, just, just, I need a minute, okay? Through the All magic right. of podcasting, one minute has now passed. You know, being as I'm running the episode this week, I'm just going to dive right into my little factoids because I got some good ones on here that I can't wait to share. So in this movie, all right. So here's here's some trivia for you. There's a helicopter there's a helicopter crash in the early scenes, and it was completely unintentional. Is this uh, a fatal deviation situation? 
It is. Uh, no. The, the tail rotor blades accidentally hit the ground, uh, which causes the helicopter to spin out of control. <laughs> and, uh, the debris and top rotors narrowly missed the police officers in the oh scene. Gosh and the crew off camera uh the oh pilot my gosh. the pilot received minor injuries after being pulled from the wreck jack riley and george wilson quickly ad-libbed the rest of the scene as the wreck was set on fire uh the cr- the wow cra- the crash of the sixty thousand dollar rented helicopter used up more of the budget than all the other aspects of the film combined you know i have a question so this was filmed in California, right? Yeah, San I'd, Francisco. So I know guns are illegal, but so are is like crashing helicopters. You can't crash helicopters in, in California. Why is this, was this illegal? Seventies. Uh, uh, it was in the seventies, man. <laughs> Tw- like fifteen years too late. Seventies. Before we brother. can legalize everything, like everything against oh the law. <laughs> uh, so that was a real crash. That was a re- that was a legitimate helicopter crash. I thought. Wow. <laughs> Wait, we oh haven't seen gosh. this movie. We haven't seen oh, this movie. Seen yeah. this movie. I mean, First the- off, let, if we were, we'll go, I'll, I'll I'll talk about it when we get into our expectations. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's a song in this movie called "Puberty Love." Oh. And th- th- this this fact this fact blew my mind. It was performed. The actual recording in this movie was performed by Matt Cameron. Now, some of you out in listener land may be wondering, who is Matt Cameron? Well, he grew up to become the drummer for Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. Ah. <laughs> and his first yeah, song was Puberty Love. Much suck, so was yeah. he going through puberty? <laughs> I, um, at the end, I guess there's a giant tomato that's wearing earmuffs. Yes. And uh, the earmuffs at the end were actually two bright green toilet seat covers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene where somebody is swimming in a public water fountain and they did not have permission to shoot that scene. So that was completely gorilla filmmaking. That's like a most scene of from these Ghostbusters. Scenes they didn't have permission with most of these scenes. The army uniform, most of the army uniforms that are used in this movie were purchased at local Goodwill thrift stores. Hmm. You know why, don't you? Because of the Vietnam War, so people were selling off and they're trying to get rid of their clothes, so they was able to get dirt cheap. Hmm. Gotcha. There's so many. Ah. And here's something I have for you. What's that? I'm not sure if you. Um, it was there should be um, when we see it, like the doctors and the um, their outfits. They actually stopped by a hospital and took some of those doctor outfits to um, make sort of to improvise for a scene. And then at the end of their shoot, they went back to the hospital and, put, and hung the doctor suits back up, the lab coats and everything. Yeah, I think that's all the interesting ones that I have right here. Everything else is pretty much like, oh, the tomatoes were made out of foam. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. kidding. Or I have a question. I don't mean I'm not trying to interrupt anybody, but has anyone else seen this movie? before other than myself i have seen it i made an attempt to watch it a couple years ago uh but i think i only made it about 10 minutes into it i turned it off so i watched the animated series but never the movie i watched it was that your first first exposure of the killer tomatoes was through the um, animation yes yeah okay i I didn't know that was mine too 
I didn't know it was a movie until they made reference to the movie in one of the episodes. I knew it was a movie, uh, but the first time watching anything of the property was, in fact, watching the cartoon for the cartoon for it. Uh, also, another fun fact, that cartoon was not based off of this movie. It was a sequel not to really. no, the second one. movie. It was, it was based off the sequel, The Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, well, it was, was actually a continuation. Wasn't there a, wasn't there a guy that always had his parachute out in the cartoon? Is he in the sequel too? Of yes. this movie that we I don't know. How, how, how <laughs> uh, let, let me let me wait. We have a we have a time paradox avoid opening here. It's me from the future. Uh, yeah, now that I've seen both movies, yes, there is a man with a parachute in the second in the second movie. So. Okay. All right, I'm going. Gotcha. I'm going back to my own timeline now. Peace All right. Out. Bye, future John. Bye. Oh, yeah, Kevin, bye. Kevin. I hit a potato underneath your pillowcase, so the Irish fairy can come along and give you a good doubloon. How nice of you, <laughs> racist jerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me see this VHS. Over I have, here. I, I've, I've actually seen this movie. Uh, I could say about twenty times. So this Did is not you count? Well, probably 22 times. I know it had to be over that many times. You know, and I know when I first, when I was at Halloween video, this movie was there, but it was badly damaged. So when they ordered another copy, it came in and that copy was damaged when it came in through the rain of outside. And so the manager's like, screw it. I'm not buying another copy of this. Right. It's too much. So I have a question out of the four of us who saw this movie before we're watching it today, but you saw it as a child. Okay. This this movie has absolutely zero nostalgia for me. Yeah. No. I, I wasn't even conceived. Okay, this was like 1976. I, I, I may have to go into counseling later. That's okay. <laughs> Things are starting to make sense about my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly Dallas understands his entire life. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, though. Going into this, um, before I started doing my research on this movie, I initially thought that th this franchise was a trauma franchise. Oh, really? Yeah, it seemed hmm. like something that would be a trauma movie. Yeah, it would. A family-friendly trauma. Now, <laughs> the, now, the, the listening audience can, listener land, yeah. Can and, you explain what trauma? Yeah. Troma is a film company uh, that makes really corny horror films like uh, most famously the Puppet Master movies uh, or the, the Ginger um, Dead Man. <laughs> yeah, that one. It's uh, a family Avengers classic right there. Yeah. Toxic Avenger, uh, oh, The I Evil Bong. Which again... The, Turned out to be a fantastic animation show, and then I watched, and then I realized it was a movie of it, and I was like, "What? <laughs> my childhood is so messed up." They did that yeah. a lot. I'm noticing. Like we were talking the other day about RoboCop. It was a not kids movie, but they made a kids show of it. Yeah, because and you can shoot people with this as long as no blood comes out. They're fine. I've been asking <laughs> generation Gen Xers and Boomers for years why they allowed that to happen. I can't get an answer from them. I take that back. Uh, I'm one one Genexer says, look, man, we were tougher back then. So who is ready to watch this sucker? Well, we got some warning labels on there, don't we? We do. Let, do me, we? let me have the VHS real quick. 
There you go. Uh, okay. Let's see. It says, uh, warning. This is the American Monty Python, and the Brits do it better. <laughs> no. Dang. Here, Branson. Warning. The cartoon was better. All right. Mm-hmm. That's all we get okay. today. I, I need oh. to add one more. I need to add one more. Oh, yeah? Warning. The monsters in this film look like very cute aliens. Please do not eat them. <laughs> I agree. Nobody should eat tomatoes. Concurred. Uh, no. I, and I love, yet you cut I up a, what you thought was a giant one and put it on my sandwich. Well, it's a space tomato. You know, I just realized just before we go watch it, you may go read the back of the VHS. See what yeah, it says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read that. Read that for just our Just see what it says. Okay. Thank you. Let's see. It says <clears throat> UFOs, Bigfoots, Communists. The government has swiftly dealt with many a crisis, but can it survive the diabolical attack of the killer tomatoes? Just when you thought it was safe to go back into the supermarket, you're face to face with terror so bold, so frightening, it has never been seen on screen before or since. Not until the sequel, anyways. After a series of bizarre and increasingly horrific attacks from pulpy, red, seeded fruit, Mason Dixon finds himself leading a crack team of specialists to save the planet. But what will be quick enough to save everyone, to save you? You can't run, you can't swim, there is nowhere to hide. The killer tomatoes are everywhere! Okay, done. All right, what's everyone's expectation as we're going to the theater? Branson? Uh, I don't have high expectations. Like I said, I grew up watching the cartoon. Uh, and even the cartoon riffed on how bad the movie was. There was one particular episode where to torture someone, they forced a guy to watch the original movie. That's how I knew <laughs> that there was a movie. That's funny. <laughs> so I don't have high expectations. Right. Uh, Honestly, I'm just watching it because it's what's next on the list. I I, I would not have picked this up myself. It's fair. Well, because it's, there, it's right here in the dumpster, so that's why I'm picking it out for you to enjoy. Okay, well, <laughs> that's the only reason I'm watching it. John? Uh, expectations. Like I said, a couple of years ago, I made an attempt on this movie, and I turned it off within the first 10 or 15 minutes. Um. I don't have very high expectations. I don't remember anything from that experience. So like that memory probably isn't going to affect my viewing of this. Um, But, you know, I'm just kind of I'm with I'm with I'm I'm like Branson. I'm I'm going into this fairly ambivalent about the whole thing. So. Right. All right. Kevo. Oh, what's right up there with Alfred Hitchcock, the birds? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Fun fact. Fun fact. I did not know this. There is actually a town in Kentucky that is consistently attacked by flocks of birds. It like it, it happens on a regular basis. I looked this up. It happened this year. Like the, the local government has to take measures to deal with the birds. It is such a problem. Are they chickens? No, they're blackbirds. It's like a flock of, it's like <laughs> Lots of, a flock of right blackbirds. There. But it's really a thing. Like, I was shocked. That That's like really a thing. If you hmm. are from this town, please. Please reach out to us. Please, please contact us. I would love to chat with you. <laughs> it may end up on ComTalk. <laughs> I want to go to this place now. 
Why do I want to go here? <laughs> All right. So my expectations are I'm going to laugh and think this is stupid. And I'm going to have a good time because I this do have nostalgia for this. Wait, my, you said you're going to laugh and this is stupid or are you going to laugh and you are stupid? Okay, no, it's going to laugh and this is stupid. And oh, this so, is stupid. Not, okay. Cool. Yes. So I I watched the cartoon. Yes. My first exposure was the dead gun movie. It was a like late night double feature. <laughs> it was this movie followed by the toxic Avenger. And so I've seen this movie several times as a child, just like random portions of it coming up. I will laugh. It's not a good movie, but I will laugh. Fun story about the cartoon though, Branson. Uh, yes. You can blame Muppet babies for the cartoon. Seems They're like the reason. Discuss- yeah. Because in one episode of Muppet, uh, Muppet Babies, baby Fozzie is in a car and they literally splice in scenes from Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, seriously? And so they're like, hey, people thought that it was like the best episode of Muppet Babies. <laughs> so they said, let's do the cartoon. Well, aren't, hey Dallas, aren't the same... Dallas, you said it wrong. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slowly becoming European. All right, Glicks, let's play this sucker. Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. Okay, I delete my sister. Okay. Yeah, I that's did anybody else get the vibe from this movie like it was Branson singing the theme song the entire time? Yeah. Yeah, he was humming a couple of times. I, I, I knew flubbed, that was him. I flubbed the lyrics cuz I'm used to the cartoon intro lyrics, so I kept saying the wrong line. There's something there's there's something there there's a part where it's supposed to go Oh, is a pity. Tomatoes eating the city. <laughs> and then there's supposed to be a line about a guy in a dumb parachute. So but that was from the cartoon. So the theme song yes. changes in every one of them to just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. Good to know. So now I also played a video game too. I, I don't think I've ever. No, you that. played the video game. Yeah. Are you for the real? Was, video game? That video game was so freaking hard. <laughs> it, it was, was NES. So hard. All of them are hard. <laughs> uh, Kirby's Adventure is probably one of the easiest I've ever played on NES. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Wow. I'm sorry. I just found. I thought. I thought I just shared my bit of nostalgia, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> closest to, closest game I've played to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was Zombies Ate My Neighbors. <laughs> Isn't that a Sega Genesis game? Uh, Super NES, but yes. The closest I've played was okay. uh, Plants vs. Zombies. That's like cell phone video game. Wait, wait, huh? I played that on a computer, about? sir. Oh, okay, sorry. Before it was yeah. before you computer. do cell phones. Because I was T9ing on a flip phone. I didn't play any game with a stupid theme. Every one of my games was either like blow this up or save this city or... I was you never Batman played Super Spider-Man. Mario Brothers, but that's not stupid. That's Kevin. a video game. It has a great. It's a great about theme. Italian plumbers. 
who gets so around an Italian plumber who's trying to save a princess. That's not stupid. That woman ain't loyal. No, no, yeah. no. No, no, no. She's not running away. <laughs> she was loyal. there to begin with. Mario's just a really bad detective. She wasn't in another castle because he kept taking her away. It's because they kept running away. She was trying to get away from Mario. And not only that, but you say he's a really bad detective. He's a really bad detective because homeboy is addicted to cytosilic mushrooms. <laughs> Dudes, what the flip? I only mentioned one bloody video game. All three of you are just going <laughs> ranting on me. I'm just talking about a video game. Good Lord. Save us. <laughs> I'll never bring up a video game topic ever again. <laughs> oh my lord! Welcome Kevin. to the bottom shelf where we talk video games. Kevin, do you need a, do you need a hug? No, I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, because I see some video game movies in there I wanted to pull up, but I'm afraid to pull them up now. Oh no, we're talking <laughs> about those. We're talking about me. those, Kevin. <laughs> we're either we're either not talking about them or they are absolutely in that dumpster and we will see them soon. We will put those them things in the dumpster to talk about them. <laughs> yeah. I will I will Scrooge McDuck into that dumpster to get them. <laughs> Wee! Well, let's talk about tomatoes killing people. How about that? Pretty <laughs> 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 kill me. <laughs> wow. Fair enough. Oh, this movie. It was so I want to hear someone's first thoughts in this film because right it's now like I'm seeing Mel Brooks me meets point. Monty Python and it was not a pleasant meeting. Wait, what? It's Mel <laughs> Brooks what? meets Monty Python and it wasn't a pleasant meeting. See, you said that wrong. It's Mel Brooks meets Monty Python and it was a fantastic meeting in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I got okay. it. I, okay, I got from this movie. It, it reminded me a lot of the Naked Gun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. yeah it, it, this movie was basically airplane on the ground. Yeah. Which is yeah. the guys behind the Naked Gun? So uh, I forgot what their names were. Crap. I know their names. Why do I think Mel Brooks did uh, airplane? No idea. He didn't. You're it's right. Because it not. wasn't like a Broadway stage. So if it wasn't a Broadway stage, then Mel Brooks isn't doing. Mm. That's probably why. Because yeah. all of his movies are stage-like type of. Except for um, Spaceballs was the first time he like did a little bit different other than stage, but still had a stage feel to it. Which I'm sad that that will never be in the dumpster because I want to have a good why? excuse to watch it. Uh, I guess we could you could watch about... it just for the fun of it. Oh, I do. You wait, know. wait, I know. You two like watching cartoons. Why don't you talk about Spaceballs, the animated series? When it finally happens, I will. Yeah, was there a Spaceballs, the animated series? Yes. No, no, no. There was no Spaceballs, the animated series. Never mind. I never said that. <laughs> I must research Anyways, this Anyways, I, I have to agree with you, John. And I, I, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, Airplane, the Naked Gun, that, that type of humor before it became popular because this was what 1976 uh, 77 this movie came yeah. out in 78 okay so i guess it took a bit longer because i know on the at the very end it said 1976 on the on the back of this vhs it's 1977 so i'm guessing like somewhere with those two years 77 78 it became released or officially released oh that's right it became released and it gained an audience and started probably spreading a bit more that's probably what happened uh, okay. right Sounds about right. Yeah. I yeah. at least know it was post-75 because they talked about my bird city at the opening credits. 
so one thing that kept occurring to me as I'm watching this movie is, oh, crap. The president, when this movie was made, was Jimmy Ronald Carter. Reagan. Wait, no, was, was, it, it was Jimmy Carter. Reagan didn't oh. get Reagan didn't become president until 1980. That's right. Oh. Yes. That kind of makes a bit more sense. That makes more sense. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, that 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 puts so, so much more context. So so there's so much in this movie that makes if if you put the context of this was in the middle of the Cold War mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. president was this was pre-Reagan America, so much more yeah. makes sense. Uh right. like okay, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, they're red, right? This yes. movie's a giant allegory of a of this movie's scare. a giant a, a giant allegory of a Russian invasion. Yep. Yeah. Uh, isn't that a theory? I mean, I don't know. I was, I was listening to well, the commentary. And well, I mean, like, like so much, so much of how they paint the government as incompetent, incompetent, it understanding in that context, it makes so much more sense. Like the, the, the president who's sitting there constantly signing things. And when you finally see what he's signing, it's just a piece of paper that says official president signing paper and nothing else. He spends all day writing his name on paper and that's it. And and, and just things like that. It makes more sense if you see it in that light. And I think that's why I connected it with Mel Brooks, because especially with movies like blazing saddles, where his whole point was to make fun of something, you know? Uh, So I, I got, I got kind of that vibe of there was a, a method to the madness behind some of the humor, you know, and then you had the, the random advertisements for furniture that gave it that Monty Python flair. <laughs> but what was that? What was that line? He said to president, he's like, if those electrolytes elect me, we can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am sorry. To... I remember certain movie lines. I, and I, I, Enjoy going to, some of these. I'm going to deliberately refrain from all the parallels I saw to modern day politics so that John does not shoot me with all the editing he would have to do. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that. Wait, we edit on this podcast? Since so, when? Well, who, so, why much. To... <laughs> so much. So <laughs> much. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I um, the humor in this was very much like that. Um, with the airplane and everything else um, before that became popular. That's what I have to say because I guess I can't spoil anything now. Not yet. The title kind of spoils it, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I totally, even even after we're done watching this movie, if I hadn't done the research on it, I completely would have still thought this was a trauma movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think about things in, in from weird angles. Um, a lot of times when things are so over the top jokey, I look for deeper meanings and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is Someone so sounds pretentious. Oh, dude, shut up. <laughs> uh, but I, I saw so much like it. This movie is filled with social commentary. If you look at it from the right angle. Mm hmm. There is so much social commentary that goes on in this movie. And it's hilarious because it's accurate, especially for the time period that it was made in. 
Yeah. Uh, my biggest concern about this movie actually is if anybody sees it, um, you know, so, so there's going to be a lot of people now who aren't going to understand what they're what they're satirizing because it, they're so far removed from the time that this was made. For. To be fair, that's a that's a downfall to any film of this genre of this style. A lot of my mm-hmm. Monty Python sketches, which is what this reminds me of a lot of, had political undertone. They were mocking modern day politics. Um, a lot of even like our uh, our genre um, spoof movies that that we all watched growing up. Um, there were undertones where they were making commentary and if you're not there you're gonna miss it plain and simple but i think that the comedy of it at times even though there was a deeper meaning with some of the political uh discourse for me the comedy still held over so there were parts that were like this is still funny it's stupid but it's funny (laughs) yeah so something like this could be dated quite quickly oh yeah totally totally be a lot of humor could be yeah um, so if, if anybody out there intends on watching this movie, um, I would say make sure you have a firm understanding of the sociopolitical atmosphere during that time period before you dive into it. Yeah. Or a lot of the a lot of the stuff that's happening on the screen that you should be appreciating might just go over your head. Yeah, I can see that taking place. Hey, can someone please pass me the ketchup here? I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you want spicy? I, I got regular. another. I have. I have some more BLTs in the back. If you'd like it. Yeah. In Why? Fact, do we have? Do we have the water? Do we have the Whataburger spicy ketchups? Oh, I we like do, those. brother. Why? We do. Okay. okay. Ha- real, some of those. Ha- ha- real talk. Those, my wife is oh, so. Thanks. Ever since we got back from Louisiana, my wife is so mad that we don't have a Whataburger here in Spokane now. <laughs> Look, man, it's the May- mayoral dinner is a beautiful thing at Whataburger. Dude, yes. I need I need to get me another patty melt because that thing. I know it, dude. I heard is, in Louisiana that Whataburger is government approved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Whataburger, if you'd like to sponsor the bottom shelf, reach out to us. Yes. And build one <laughs> in Spokane, Washington, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I've I've basically said all my thoughts uh unspoiled. Uh anybody got any else other spoiler free thoughts on this movie? Oh right. yeah, I got one. That song, Puberty Love, that song sucks. Whoops. <laughs> Did you just I think it out? Didn't, I, I, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't just killed, like, I guess whatever things that happened, but it killed some of my brain cells every time that song came up. Puberty Love. I, I invite you to You stop. know what? Who was that? Who who, start, who sang that song? Matt Cameron. Who was that and what bands were he started in? Or he, was he, was, he was the drummer. For mm-hmm. Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. That's probably why he's a drummer, because even both those bands suck. So he probably can't sing yes. with the crap. So yeah. Those bands who are both in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and launched were one of were the bands that had launched the grunge revolution. I don't in care. The 90s they, they, they suck. Okay. And are multi-platinum award winning albums. John, John, leave Kevin alone. John. <laughs> You know I don't care. that Kevin's so, partial to Tom Dance. Green was like Relax. Hall of Fame comedy. You like his comedy too? Yes. No. Of course you would. <laughs> because you, you, it's just my bum is on the ship. Bag. My bum is on the ship. I hope they don't shoot the cannon and shoot poo off my bum, because there'd be poo poo. 
What are you, 12 years old? It's it's the Bum Bum song by Tom Green. So my spoiler free thoughts on this film that we're actually reviewing here. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Drew Barrymore divorced him. (laughs) I'm going to say this about the film. The jokes, like we said before, can be dated. Going into it, though, you have to keep in mind the time frame and how films were done, especially low-grade, because it it looks like it's from the 70s. Like, there's a grain to it that, like, you can taste it almost. And um, it's that can be off-putting for some audiences. And um, you have to be willing to sit down and go, this is a film from the 70s. At the same time, though, interesting enough, the fact that it looks so terrible on screen i don't know how else to describe it it looks like it like it like you pulled it from a film reel in a dusty uh theater that has been abandoned since the 70s that i think adds to the environment of the film itself it makes it it gives it a vintage it gives it a vintage it makes you go i can laugh at this i don't have to go in there taking this seriously you know it's it's not as it's not um it's not a serious film I'm not doing like what people no. did when they walked into Dark Star, expecting it to be a serious film and going, "Oh, this is supposed to be a comedy." I'm going in from the from the word go. Oh, this is going to be something else. Well, someone should already know as what when you're watching this. Like, yeah, this is evidently a comedy. This is not dramatic or an action packed film. Kevin, do you know have any idea how many people die from tomatoes every year? This is serious. <laughs> well, you know what? That's their problems. They should have better genes. They should do like the Spartans does in 300. Uh, baby's no longer good. Just to toss them. Whatever. Make strong babies. He likes Schwarzenegger. Okay. Build strong babies. You heard it here first, everybody. Kevin supports <laughs> eugenics. Let's go back a couple of seconds. <laughs> I'm kind I, of I, strong, so I didn't get tossed. Okay. I'm kind of strong. <laughs> I, I can say when I sat down to watch it, realizing that the movie was not going to take itself too seriously, that did help me enjoy it a lot more. Like sitting down, realizing this is going to be stupid and to see the movie play into, yeah, this is stupid. It did make it a lot more enjoyable than it would have been. I think. You think you don't know. <laughs> Holy crap. I just came what? across an article. In Europe, there was a scare about tomatoes. It was called no. the the poison oh, yeah. apple. This is all, yeah, this is because all this, people were dying from eating tomatoes. They used to call it the wolf apple. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, Kevin, this is serious, man. Why would I go? Why would I not expect a movie about killer tomatoes, poison apples? To be a serious film. You know what? I think they should make a killer banana movie. You should be in it. I mean, that would be bananas. Yeah. That, yeah. That, so that this movie also... One crew member here. <laughs> no, no, no. I, th- I think we should respect his Mexican heritage instead of Attack of the Killer Bananas, Attack of the Killer Aguacates. <laughs> Both of them equally deadly to me. Uh, yeah. for, for those of you non-Spanish speaking individuals out there, that's avocado in Spanish. Yeah. Both have latex. What? <laughs> Watching this movie also reminds me a lot. And every time I watch it, it's like reminding me of the photos I would see of my father and my mother because of those colorful furnitures and the colors that they had because they're much more colorful today because like 
I, I can't help it, but I know I'm going to mention, mention this, like Taco Bell, how you see the colors change, McDonald's, all these fast food chains. And I see how colors change now. Everything just looks bland, gray, depressing. But looking at the pictures, it, it reminds me of seeing those colorful vividness that you've seen. So the sofas and everything else was like orange and blue. Unless you're a, a, a Florida Gator fan, you're not putting orange and blue on anything. <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, true. those true. colorful colors that I like. Well, you know, they, people nowadays have to match the atmosphere they're living in. Dark grays yeah. and dark blues. and. So... Any more spoiler-free conversation? Oh, the lay! <laughs> Let's get into the spoiler section quick before this derails again. Quick? How quick? Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I said it during the movie. I'm going to say it again. Did anybody else get a feel for the lead actor that's in this movie that they wanted him to be basically dollar store John Belushi? You yes. know, why? Because he's a fat white guy. Wow. Yes. Thanks for stereotyping somebody. At, at, when I first saw the photo, I thought that's who that was. Like I had to physically see the guy to realize that. That's I, not I wonder that if was. that was a product of the writing or if that's a product of the actor. Like who was trying to portray the persona of John Belushi, or maybe that was just a common trope among of of, of that kind of character back then. I'm not really sure. All right, and so. that's why communism works on paper. <laughs> hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be so many record scratches through this whole <laughs> this, the editing. That this fits episode. the dead gun movie. Woman, God, buddy. Well, the helicopter crash that that happened very quick, didn't it? In this yeah, movie. and I actually that was I, scary. I actually saw where the tail hit the ground. Yeah. I, when uh, I, yeah, I, I did honest, too. That, when I first saw that scene uh, while we were watching it, um, I was like, "Holy crap! Like, that's really intense. Like, it, it, it. Even like, if I didn't know that that was a real thing, like, I'm like, wow, that's really amazing graphics for the '70s. Like, how do they pull off that shot? That's cool. Okay, so so out the of power char- of not using something on CGI. <laughs> <laughs> out of character, real quick. When I watched this for the show i thought man they are really selling that helicopter crash nothing right? else was to that quality i was like <laughs> they really want this helicopter crash to look real and then i find out no it's real that helicopter really crashed i was so, watching a, a, a crisis happen i legitimately said eyes. i legitimately said wow most of the budget went to the helicopter crash and it did <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just not right. on purpose. <laughs> oh gosh! Okay. Yeah, that was a great scene. I, I, I mean, I mean, it's sad. I mean, I'm, I'm glad no one got hurt and no one died in it, like a Twilight Zone movie. Right. But, hey, that was that. Uh, I was. I, I was surprised they actually kept that in the film because usually when something bad happens like that, they tend to not put something in the film. But they allowed it. I guess because no one got too seriously injured or died. So that just reminded. That just reminded me, Kevin, the first Mad Max movie, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they have something kind of like that in it too. There's a crash towards the end with the where, bike, right? With the bike. Yeah. Where, the bike hits yeah, that guy upside off. the head. This yeah. guy flies off his bike. His bike flips over the top of him and smashes him in the back of the head. Ow. Knocked yeah. himself unconscious. And, they oh, kept wow. and you the know movie. how he repaid him? He How's repaid that? him with beer because they're Australian. <laughs> Seriously, he paid him with beer and they just walked it off. Like, all right, mate, I'll take this beer. Thanks. You want me to hit it again? No. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie we're currently watching. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, we forget about it because, you know, this movie was actually freaking fantastic. And I see how everyone's smiling about this movie. I legitimately I, laughed all the way through this film. We, like we're, I, I, we are in a goofy mood tonight. Uh, I, I will say, I will say that I did laugh quite a bit during this movie, and there was a couple times yeah. I laughed hard. Yes, but yeah. I, some I heard of that. Some of that, however, was because I can't believe they just said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many like that there's so many moments humor. that you're like. We can't get away with this. We can't quote lines from this movie on this podcast or in public without being slammed with a hate crime. Yeah, we would get canceled, like, for sure. Instantaneously. Yeah, I'll get canceled. I'm already canceled on Facebook for 50 days. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm ready to make it for a full year. (laughs) But for real, it's like, but I think that's a sign of the times. Like, if this were to air on, like, a major platform, a major major station, it, like they would do like what Disney Plus does now, and where it puts up a, a warning says, you know, there are the views and opinions uh, uh, um, express a time period that are not appropriate today. They would do that across the board. I feel like they would have oh, to do yeah. that though with Monty Python because it's the same brand of humor as Monty Python in the back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 like I actually chuckled humor. at the at the the opening credits where they had furniture store advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> this space available. Call seven one four. Blah blah blah. <laughs> oh yeah, this was this was before the Jenny conflict of the nineteen eighties, so they could actually put made up real looking made up phone numbers on a screen. Uh, it wasn't <laughs> and it wasn't until eight six seven five three zero nine Jenny came mm-hmm. out. And uh, they got sued because several people who had that phone number in different area codes sued the band. And after that, the FCC said, nope, no longer any phone number that's used in a movie or in a song or TV show has to have the prefix 555. You know, interesting little piece of, of, of a or there goes my for... future ID for a movie. I was going to put Dallas's number <laughs> on future movies. Both Dallas and I knew a girl in high school named Jenny, and I won't say the exact order of the numbers, but they were very close to 8675309. I recall this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was now, it was eerie. Now the parody in this movie was actually pretty um fun because again, I guess you have to know certain films or certain things like the Jaws parody, which was yes. I guess that was very common afterwards. Right. But yeah. this one was probably one of the first I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Um, the, the Japanese kaiju films because it, it did a lot of making fun of those types of films. I love that whole thing. He's talking in dub, which is awesome. Like it's his words are not matching. And then he says, "We have determined that the only way to stop this threat is to have a giant superpowered robot man." That we have to, <laughs> I'm like it's Inframan. He's describing Inframan. 
Again, I was thinking the, of Ultraman, but yeah, we can go there too. <laughs> Same again, idea. <laughs> again, that whole he's talking in dub is a joke that you could never make today. Right. <laughs> they do it. They do it films today, don't they? He's not French and not as a not joke. No, no. There oh, have okay. been, there have been a few films in the last yeah. several years that have Kung Pao. Yeah, Kung Pao. That was, the but whole those thing are like they're spoofing the entire genre of things. I did. Find, it was interesting though that scene where um, the that Japanese gentleman is, stands up in that tiny, tiny room. He knocks over the uh, the picture of a ship. The That's the Arizona, Arizona. Mm-hmm. which oh, is what wow. was sunk in Pearl Harbor by the Japanese. Oh, dang! <laughs> yeah, I like, missed that. Wow. Like this is the brand of humor. Like there, there's these tongue in cheek little, like. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the thing about it, but the thing about it is. This movie is dumb. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. This movie is dumb, mm-hmm. but some of the jokes in it are too smart for its intended audience. <laughs> <laughs> that meeting room scene, that was directly from the Marx Brothers um, film. They did because there was, a, there was a scene. I forgot what movie it was. Crap. It's not Duck Soup. I know. I know. I think it's like Horse Feathers. But anyways, when they're all gathering in a room and every server and everyone's coming inside of a room to serve them and... Marco Grouch is like, yeah, go ahead. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of rooms. Everyone keep, keep coming inside. The whole room just fills up. So when I watched it, I was like, this is the direct ripoff of Marx Brothers. And I, I was reading and there's like, yeah, they were inspired by that scene through film score or something. Kevin. They decided to do that. Kevin, do you like the Marx Brothers style movies? Yes. Have you ever seen them? my favorite comedies. Have you ever seen the movie Brain Donors? I can't remember. Is this what? He must have done is it. Is it really brain. brain donors? Is that a real movie? Or <laughs> you beat me it's, to a, it, it's a real movie from the 1990s. No, I, I'm, no, if it's, if, no, I can't say I have. It's, it's, it's very oh. much in the style of a Marx Brothers movie. And it has okay. the, it has three characters like a Marx Brothers movie would. I command you to watch it. Command me. OK. <laughs> Thanks, love. I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> tell you what, Kevo, if you aren't able to watch it, Never mind. I'll talk to you off my off off mic about this because. <laughs> okay, you said what was it? I put it down. Sorry. It's called Brain okay. Donors. Got it. Cool. Thanks. So getting back to the movie we actually watched. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, stop be... deriving from the conversation. What's wrong with you, people? <laughs> it's it's gonna be one of those nights, kids. This to movie fair, has got us wound the, up. The absolute redness of our conversation and like even like the, dear listener, there's stuff that I'm sure is gonna be cut out that you're that uh, before you get to this point. It fits in the vein of this movie. This movie is yes, so everywhere. So. But this, it boils movie, down to, it's, this movie derails itself. It does. Yes. Even though there's, there's a central idea with, I would say, maybe three main story uh, uh, plot lines that you're following, mm-hmm. um, which was the, um, the secretary, the main guy in charge of that troop, and then... Um, oh, I forgot what the third one was. The it's, fake oh, the, John Belushi guy. Well, that's guy. what I meant, that, that guy. But then yeah, also Fairchild the reporter. Lady? Yeah, the reporter. Fairchild, Lois Fairchild. But uh, it just goes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it does it have does. a story, but it doesn't follow it like the way that you see in a normal film because there's so many skits that's put in here. So I understand that tagline. That um, What was that bottom that someone put on there? Oh, it's, it's the, like the, the American um, Monty, Monty Python, Python. But the Brits. But the Brits, the Brits do did it better. better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically what this is. I mean, it does have a yeah. type of story, but 
it's more of an ant. It's kind of like an anti-film. It's a yeah. series it's of like anti- it's a series of skits that adds up to a greater story arc, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, and you said the name of the uh, news reporter. Did you? Okay, Branson. I know that you caught the Superman reference that they did with her. Yes. Yes. Hi, Lois. Hi, Clark. And he's got his cape sticking out of his jacket. And then he's like, (laughs) "Up up and away." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The old man. That was his. That was his father. He was right there. Was the director's father. He was right there, like pointing. He's like, "Hey, look, that's a man." And so forth. So there. Oh, cool. Now, had had uh, Christopher Reeve Superman come out by the time this film was made? I don't think so. I yeah. think I think Christopher Reeve Superman was wasn't that seventy eight? Seventy eight or seventy nine? I think it was seventy eight. Okay, so well, this was pre Superman. Yeah. So people had never people had not seen Superman on the big screen yet. Let me. That makes a- that scene that much cooler. Wait, this predates the super the Richard Donner film. Well, if hold it came on. Attack of the Tomatoes came out in seventy eight, and so did Superman. Uh, Superman. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, well, well. This one's actually this was still predated because this was out in nineteen seventy seven because that's what the timestamp is on the film. So this predates it. Wow. Yeah, because yeah. this sold in local theaters and everything else before it became more spread and more well known. So before this, the only time Superman has been on the silver screen was with the, in uh, the serials. serials. Well, in yeah. the serials, you got to remember the serials with George Reeves. Yeah, that's what that's what we just said. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that was wow. This this predates the flight. Oh wow, that's cool. <laughs> Branson's having revelation. Well, there's also other references. I think like. Like we mentioned earlier, that people would not get like the six million dollar man in the orange jumpsuit where he was. If anybody watched that show on the television, I, I know did. What man in orange jumpsuit? I missed that part. In the very beginning, where he looked very robotic, he's like, "Hey, we're creating this robot." Creature. Oh yes, yes, yes! And he, like only half of his leg works. Yes. <laughs> no, only one leg works, so he runs in a circle. <laughs> yes. Okay, I remember what you're talking about. I did get that. Well, let's try this. Jump. my god it's adolf hitler (laughs) (laughs) that i lost my stuff at that point it's like this guy is the master of disguise i lost i lost my mind when he gets out of the car and he was dressed up like abraham lincoln (laughs) you're free you're free change costumes every time they got out of the car The guy's like, I want you to dress like a tomato and infiltrate their camp. And he does. It's like the one time that his costume actually works. And it's what like he dresses like a tomato. And what killed him? Can somebody please pass me the ketchup? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this movie was stupid. It was. But we're laughing about it. Like, this is the thing. It was so dumb. But we're all laughing about it time after time after time when we think about these scenes. Well, that's what these movies are good for is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and the fact that being in the future, we can see parallels that it had with m- movies that came out after it. I can tell you what, after watching this movie, I have a new appreciation for how Mars Attacks ended. I want to talk about that. Can we talk about that? <laughs> Let's yeah, the top shelf movie. Let's talk about the top shelf no, movie that because, John forgets. He puts because I, I need to know, did this film influence Mars Tim Attacks yes, he, mentioned, that he mentioned this. I told you this before. He 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 was um, influenced by this, along with Ray Harry Hosen films and so forth. 
that was like when that happened, when that whole thing happened, where they are like, there's a song that kills the people. And the fact that they discover it almost in the exact same way. You have a primary character and they're in a room with a a character who is unknown mostly, who can't take care of themselves, who's paying attention to nothing at all but a, a song and a book. The alien of force is about to kill it and then the song plays. <laughs> like it's beat for beat. I'm like, this is amazing. I it, it felt like finding a, a gemstone. It was like a Rosetta Stone in that moment. It makes sense for me. It, it, well, when I noticed that, and I know how much Kevin loves this movie, I couldn't understand this whole movie. I'm watching this. I'm like, why does Kevin love this movie? <laughs> But he hated Mars Attacks so much. Because the comedy makes so much more sense I'm seeing in this movie than it did for Mars Attacks. <laughs> oh, Kevin, it doesn't make... No, the comedy you know, does not make sense for Mars Attacks. It makes They're about, just introducing... Why are we bringing this... Why, we had to bring this conversation up again. Seriously? <laughs> okay. Do, we, do, okay. do you really want to? Hang on, Kevin. Dallas? Yes. And Branson? Yes. Who was the first person to bring up Mars Attacks on this episode? That would be like Kevin. That would be Mr. Burnham. So Who was also not- the first person to say, hey, um, and the Punisher, I never put a movie in a top show. I get that. I made a mistake, but you brought Mars Attacks into this, so you can't tell me. Because oh, it's too high. Mars Attacks to the competition. This sort of look like the Johnny Depp trial over here. Let's, let's calm down over here. <laughs> That's right, was Amber. This, was it... <laughs> <laughs> And right now he's going, but I thought I was Johnny. At least no one's crapping on my bed. (laughs) And that, dear listeners, is what we call a dated joke. Ten years from now, that joke will not be funny. (laughs) And we'll probably be sued. I may not be alive. You're like, man, I'm glad that guy's dead. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And it got dark. All right. Let's talk about... So, was this film... Uh, made in New York or San Francisco. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All the okay. above. So, okay. Okay. Again. I, I, again. I, I, I really thought that I was just really bad at geography when they said New York <laughs> and there was a trolley going down the street. Oh, no. I was no, like, Kevin, Kevin, there was there was other things to point that out, too, because you saw the Golden Gate Bridge and that was Alcatraz in the background on the on right? the uh, bay. Yeah. I'm sitting there, said, did the directors of this mark? work on Captain America also? Is this what happened? <laughs> Is this the same universe as Captain America? Is Captain America 1990s the same universe as Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Oh, in my fact, gosh. In fact, when they were going to do the second Captain America movie before it got canceled, I bet it was the crossover. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. The streets are going to run red. White and blue this summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! The Red Skull has a new ally. But at least they didn't <laughs> have to pay for it. They didn't have to buy any fake blood. They got all the tomatoes, so they had no fake blood. I mean, hey, there was there was a blood right well, there. The Red Skull's face looked like a squished tomato, so that, they actually <laughs> would team up together. That that makes sense. Yeah, a sun dried to. Yeah, I so love great. the fact that in this, the tomatoes are just tomatoes. They may be big, but they're not like like if you were to Google search Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, you see you these said it wrong. morphed. Shut up! Like <laughs> mangled faces. They're they're legitimately terrifying. They're just tomatoes. 
Yeah. There are or they're big giant beach balls. Actually, either that, way, the the faces <laughs> come in uh, the third movie, right? Yes. But that's what like that's what most of us today we think of, especially because of the cartoon. But like. It's just ridiculous. Like it adds to the ridiculousness. Like the opening scene where Homegirl's just chilling, doing her dishes, and all of a sudden there's a tomato in her sink, and she's like, "Ah!" I mean, it's like I wanted them to explain how the tomatoes are eating people. I mean, look at the poster art. <laughs> right? That clearly shows you. It's like, hey, there's faces on them, and there's no faces inside the entirety of the film. That probably probably they were gonna do faces, but then the helicopter crashed, and that kind of ate up their budget. <laughs> you know, that you're probably right. They're like, hey, let's go down to uh, pick up some red uh, beach balls. Just call it. Branson, that's probably why. Branson, you're probably any- you're probably onto something with that. I bet that probably is the reason why they couldn't get faces on the tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it all went up I in bet- that really realistic helicopter crash. <laughs> What's that, Kevin? I I bet you that's why they had to all shorten the musical numbers too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Puberty! Puberty love! We can love. Oh, I was also talking about that okay. creepy old man singing with his, like, complete 70s style. He had the mustache, he had the chest hair, he had the shirt going down with the gold chains. I mean, okay, I'm on. sure that was supposed to be funny, but that was, like, one part of the movie I was like, can I just fast-forward this and it not lose anything of the plot? Like, I, 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 it they needed better camera angles with that. Here's here's the thing. Like I like I said in the spoiler free section that this movie is rife with social commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really was started going into going in on the commercialism that was starting to become uber prevalent in the late 70s that steeped into the 80s. Oh, yeah. Uh, what he was doing, I completely understand, like the, the plan of we're going to mm-hmm. re reshape what we think about tomatoes is, you know, tomatoes are even though they're killing us, they're actually a good thing. I completely got all that. It was the singing number that oh. like, like when he starts singing, I'm like, OK, moving on. But like when he when he has the whole chart, he says we're going to rework this narrative to where it I completely saw that I, that, that made perfect sense to me. Yeah, he sold me on tomato plants versus nuclear plants. I'm like, I'm all for tomato plants. Show me that. <laughs> so, all yeah. right. anybody got anybody got anything else to say in this spoiler section? I mean, we really can't go point by point in this movie because this movie was ultimately pointless. So, yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite tomato kill? I, I want to hear from everybody. It has to be a favorite one in this movie. My favorite kill actually was when the dumb guy with the parachute killed the villain right before he explained exactly how he controlled the tomatoes. I, by that point of the movie, I was getting a little bit bored, but when he showed up and did that, it got me enjoying it again. I was like, okay, that's hilarious. And then Mason Dixon is sitting there holding the gun. Like I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Um, so here's John, the, what was yours? Here's the Do you thing. Have one? The tomato kills in this movie were so off the they were really off the screen, but sometimes some of them were they just were, like they just well, they were just they were so forgettable. Like they were the like I, I understand the concept that there's this is technically supposed to be a horror movie, and people go to horror movies for the kill scenes. Mm-hmm. 
they were. But you're like, saying you played so much in comedy that there was there was nothing to actually to make it any like fun horror. Horror comedy is very difficult to do because you either end up with a really great comedy and a terrible horror movie, or you mm-hmm. end up with a really good horror movie that had some really stupid jokes in it. And yeah. I think this one just ended up being a comedy for me. Like I, I like I'm trying to remember a kill scene in it. The only one I remember is the one at the very beginning. And you didn't even see that kill the the tomatoes ro- rolling towards her. And then the next time you see her, she's dead covered in tomato juice. So that wasn't really even a kill scene. Like all the kill scenes were off screen. Yeah. Or I they, mean, again, they, they couldn't animate, the, they couldn't animate the faces. I was thinking of the kill scene when all the people came out and started killing all the tomatoes by squashing them outside of the uh, stadium there. <laughs> I think one of the, 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 one of my favorite scenes where I laughed unnecessarily. So was when, with the old couple that began the movie where they're sitting on the couch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, like, take it, I take it back. That kill, that kills my favorite kill. Scene. He's like, Oh, it ate, it ate little Timmy. <laughs> Poor Timmy. <laughs> I didn't know it got that big. How did that happen? <laughs> That's what that move, that scene set the tone for the movie for the rest of the time yeah. frame for me. That to- yeah. that scene made me go, it's okay for me to laugh because this is going to be dumb. Yeah. How about yeah. you? What was your favorite kill scene? Oh, you already said it was the, uh, Kevin already said it was the, that ending scene. Yeah, it was that and when the guy drank the tomato juice and he was just choking to death from his wife. His wife's like, does it taste like tomato juice? It tastes funny. Oh my gosh. That's funny. It was interesting they were making all those weird noises. All that gibberish noise. I wonder what made them think of that. I don't know. I guess they had to do something. Can they talk in later movies? Can they like actually talk? Uh, in the in, cartoon, in, well, they can talk. Sort of. Uh, in the, in the yeah. second movie, they can talk in a sense, but we'll no. talk about the second movie when the second movie is talk. We can talk about it. Yeah, because okay. I have this next. I think. Yeah, right. that's that's what's next. So for those who are listening, continue uh, listening. Yeah, we're we'll watching that next. Um. I yeah, think we're I, done. Yeah, I was about to say we're kind of <laughs> rambling on this movie. This okay, but, but so you know, but that, go, ahead. go ahead. That th- what you just said though, to me, that was how the movie was. At first, it was oh my gosh, this movie's crazy. Oh, this movie is hilarious. And then the further you got, the more it was like okay, we're 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 saying the same jokes, we're doing the same thing, we've got the same kind of humor and. By the time, like I said, by the time Mason Dixon is chasing the 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 secretary, or the the masked man who we find out later is the secretary, by then I'm just like, okay, th- this car chase is all right. We can be done with this now. I'm 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 tired. I'm tired. I think I actually did fall asleep during that scene at one point. And then we had uh, the parachute guy kill the secretary. Okay, ah ha ha, that was funny. And then it was just, okay, I just want it to be done. To me, that's how the movie felt. It started out hilarious, and then it just kind of ran out of steam the longer it went. So I find it interesting that that's exactly how our conversation has went. When we first started, (laughs) we're laughing about everything. Oh, my gosh, this and this and this. And then by the end, we're all like, so, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and and the whole the whole episode is completely self-referential. So 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yes, this this episode, as scattered as it is, is completely befitting for the content that we're discussing. True so that. true that. All right. Let's let's go ahead and go into uh, our ratings here. Uh, Dallas, why don't you describe the ratings for our listeners? Yeah, so here at the bottom shelf, we rate movies in a four-tier system. First off, we have the top shelf. These are fantastic films. We don't know why people don't like it. You're an ignorant person if you do. If you don't like it, uh, everyone needs to see this film time after time after time uh, with less singing. Uh, the second <laughs> tier is the middle shelf. And the middle shelf is where we're like, okay, I can kind of see why people don't like it. But it's a fun movie. We like the movie. We're going to pull it out. And we're going to enjoy it every so often. Uh, the bottom shelf is like, oh no, this is bad. Like this is, this is a terrible movie. And, um, you know, maybe having your collection just for maybe nostalgia's sake, or maybe for, um, just to say you have it, but it's definitely a terrible, terrible movie. Leave it alone. And then we have Kevin's favorite, the dumpster fire. Uh, and I say Kevin's favorite because it was inspired by one of Kevin's videos, the fog. And so, uh, where we're like, this needs to go away and never, ever be spoken of again. We have no movies that have ever been on the uh, dumpster fire because we don't know what you're talking about. Those movies don't exist. Stop talking about them. <laughs> uh, quick, quick addendum to that description there. Uh, the Kevin didn't burn the fog as in 1981 John Carpenter classic. He burnt the the early 2000s remake. Which you better freaking believe it because I'm gonna see more. I'll just burn them and then I'll probably take away from handcuffs from the store. For and movies. just just like I would with the mist. That's, that's fair. a different discussion. That's fair. Um, all right, that's so let's tears report. I think let's go down the line here, Branson. What is your rating? Oh, okay. Uh, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I, I thought I would just be bored with how stupid it was. And I actually laughed quite a bit, especially <laughs> at the beginning of the film, uh, especially the scene with the tiny, tiny meeting place. I laughed and laughed and laughed at, at that scene. Uh, and they were, it was fi filled with jokes. Uh, I, this isn't a movie I'm going to want to go out and buy. Uh, not a movie I'm going to want to see again. It's, I find that this movie is like a lot of other just silly, goofy movies. It's not one that I get like a hankering to see, but if I'm in the right mindset, I could enjoy it. Uh, Let me ask this, Branson, before we continue. Yes. If it was to just randomly be on TV one night, would you be like, okay, because your channel flipping and your board and it's there? Yes. If, 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 if I were channel flipping and, and I was bored and it showed up, I would probably watch it. I would. Uh, I don't know that I'd seek it out, but if it were put in front of me, I wouldn't leave the room. Uh, I would probably, now that we've all seen it, I would probably make references to some of the funnier parts of the film and conversation. <laughs> uh, so all that being said, I'm going to throw this one on the middle shelf. All right. Okay. We got a middle shelf. Uh, looking completely bewildered, let's go over to Kevin here because that reaction seems like there's a response in there. So <laughs> Kevin, Kevin hasn't liked my ratings for like the past two or three episodes. I think it's just a, a thing now. Yeah. 
You know, it's funny, Mr. John. No one sits closer to power than the Dapper Man to the captain of the ship of the planet of Geekery. Yet, as close as it is, <laughs> that power is never really within your grasp. It dangles before you, taunting, daring, mocking your very importance. I would not be mocked anymore! <laughs> so I will no longer give other people's answers to other people's questions. The answers will be mine. The questions will be mine. Everything will be mine. It will be glorious, John, Dallas, Branson. It's too bad none of you will be around to see it anymore. Hey, Kevin, question. What are you rating this as? Questions, questions. <laughs> you missed your calling. <laughs> Bro, he set you up and you just... <laughs> I just watched that fish hook in Dallas's mouth. Pull him right <laughs> Fine, I'll answer your stupid questions. <laughs> Is the dumb um, guy with the parachute going to come and stab him in the chest now? Is that what happens? We can only what? hope. Where? <laughs> hey, that, that green... Uh, Ransom, you have a parachute behind you, don't you? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, I, like I've, I think I've told you in the beginning, or I've told you before, I've, I've seen this movie about like over 20 times. And this is something I remember at the Pottery Video Store and watching it, and this is not new to me. I've watched it again, and so much... Um, social commentary, so much satire, so much humor, and this is like I would—I really want to call this the grandfather before most other film movies because they copy a lot from this movie. They just don't give it credit because, well, it's a low-budget film. It wasn't really that popular, and it's probably still not that popular only by name. So, which is one of the best catchiest phrases for a movie title and for a song. I've still find myself enjoying this film. I still find myself laughing at some of the same scenes and. Yes, I will recommend this movie, and this movie I will definitely put into a middle shelf. Now, so let's see, what does John Kevin. thinks? John, yeah, I know. It's like, holy crud, you agree on something. Um, okay. <laughs> well, John and I usually agree, it's like 50-50, but I never know what he's going through his head. Uh, so watching this movie, um, I can see the impact that it's had on modern cinema, uh, both in content as well as stylistic choices that were made within it. Um, I appreciate what Branson had said in that um, the style of humor that's in it uh, it kind of wears thin towards the end. Uh, although I will say towards the end, they also do freshen up some things and watching it from a future date much after this movie, being able to see references that were made in other movies play out in this movie. Uh, it provides an interesting perspective as well as having a firm knowledge of 20th century hit American history and being able to appreciate the social commentary that runs throughout this um, and and really seeing the way they provide this commentary in such a way where it makes its point, but it also does it in a completely ridiculous manner. So in a non-conflicting way, which is something I think would be beneficial for people who want to argue points in modern society could learn from that it's okay to have your opinions and state your opinions, but 
it's also okay to not take them so seriously all the time. Um, I know I'm probably going to stand alone in my laurels in saying this, but you know, for several reasons, uh, this movie is a very important movie in not in how it was made and how it projects its ideas and the ideas that it projects. Um, and, um, just the social commentary that it makes as well as a slice out of 20th century American history. I find this movie to be a completely important movie. Uh, I think it should be recommended viewing for all film majors and I'm going to put it on the top shelf. Wow. You confuse wow. me. I do not understand you anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, pro- right, I mean, I'm, right. not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arguing. I just don't. I, I don't understand your. Your. I mean, I understand what your whole thesis of explanation. Just okay. Yeah, that was well said. All right. So let's just recap. Branson, yours is what? Middle shelf. John's is what? Top shelf. And Kevin's is what? Middle. Right. So. Don't you freaking dare. This okay, film go ahead, Dallas. Is it's I have a lot of nostalgia for this film for no good reason. It's not a good film. No. Um, it heavily reminds me of films and we've talked about this airplane, space balls, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I like Monty Python and Holy Grail. I really do. I laugh a lot at that one. I don't think I would ever call it a top shelf film as influential as it has been in my life. Um, you know, for me, Monty Python, and Holy Grail, part of my love for it is because of the camaraderie I have with other individuals talking about it. Um, until today, I've had nobody talk about Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Not not in an intelligent form. As intelligent as you can when you're talking about, you know, killer tomatoes. And so I, I've been struggling with how to rate this. It's not a good film. We can put that out there. I don't think it's a film that needs to be thrown in the dumpster fire. I, I legitimately laughed at it. I enjoyed it. I, I'm personally looking at this film because we've had fun today talking. I hope the listeners, if you're listening now, you've had fun listening to us uh, ramble for the last hour about this film. I'm going to place this film on the middle shelf. All right. I that I, this, I feel like it's, where it's a great film for for viewing. It's fun. That I think we felt- can. That felt very conflicted point to get to there. I mean, it is. Well, because, John, here's the deal. (laughs) I kind of wanted to make it a top shelf film because I enjoy the group experience. But I was trying to find whether or not it has a lot of cultural uh, references and stuff like that. But at the same time, for me, I'm like, I'm not going to own this, I think, anytime soon. Like, I'm not like, I'm going out to buy this today. And I'm also not going to be like, Hey, let's have a viewing party, everybody. Like every so, like I'm. It's one of those ones that I would pull out to laugh at with certain people. It's like when I'm ready to crawl. It's not a good film, but it's fun to laugh at. So that's where I'm putting it. All right. So this movie, we have somewhat of a consensus. It is a contested 
middle shelf. Let's go. So far, you people that like VeggieTales, watch this movie. In <laughs> <laughs> in looking for Attack of the Kilo Tomatoes uh, gifts, there are a lot of Bob the Tomato references. Oh, you know are... Larry the Cucumber wants to throw him over that sink. You know he does. He does. He begins it every single episode. It's like, hey, look, there's a sink right there. Where are you looking at? Hey, nothing. I want to just kick you over that sink. When Bob goes bad. So... <laughs> That being said, do we have any weak connections to go to the weak connection section for? I do. All right. Well, then let's head on over to the weak connections. This is a weak connection. All right. Welcome to the weak connections where we draw weak connections, trying to redeem films that are traditionally terrible and finding some purpose. By the way, I want to dedicate this one to... Our listener, Jonathan Gilbert, who's written into us a couple times, and I actually just had a conversation because he said that this show has actually changed the way he views all of his media uh, because it, he's intentionally looking for hope in just about everything he's watching. So, uh, Jonathan, we love you, man. We appreciate you. Thanks for being part of, of our community. Uh, for right. me... That sounds capital. Um, <laughs> real, real quick, Dallas, I, yeah. I also want to uh, give thanks to him as well. Yeah. Uh, in that he re- he took the time to reach out and tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that encourages us to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, yeah. And I'm yeah. not I'm not trying to fish for feedback from anybody out there. Uh, but, you know, it, if any podcast that you listen to ever influences you in a positive direction, you should always reach out and let them know, because sometimes it's those comments that really keep you doing what you're doing. Yeah. Amen. Dig it. So. So let's veggie tells this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is, it's kind of a, just a general thing over everything. Um, this film was stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> I think we've established that Dallas, but yeah. we laughed at it. Like we all legitimately enjoyed this film and it's good for us. It's good for us to laugh. It's good for us to have these films. Some people, they look at films and they, they come at things too serious. Kevin. And, <laughs> and sometimes there's a, there's, a no. place, there's a time and place for us to watch, to be yeah. serious about things. But sometimes you need the break. You need to stop. To be perfectly honest with you guys, watching this film this past week was amid a time frame where I was just mentally checked out and frustrated. Like I was, I was legitimately just frustrated. I'm having car problems. I'm, I was having some, uh, some scheduling conflicts. I was trying to, to, to work out. I had a, a major project I'm working on. I, I potentially have a huge opportunity coming down the pipeline for a, a side gig. I was stressed out when I sat down to watch this movie the other night. And this film broke some, some of that for me. It gave me an opportunity to release and laugh. And I, I want to take us to Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse four. There is a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. And the entirety of these things, there's a variety of things that, uh, that, the, that um, the writer is saying, like, look, there's a time for it in place for all these things. There's a time to laugh and there's a time uh, to dance. And that's what I'm pointing out to you guys is look for the opportunities to take, uh, take advantage of that. I feel like some people, they're so serious and we're so stuck in a zone 
where we're stressed out, where we're thinking about, you know, the finances, maybe, uh, you know, there's a relationship that, that we're having issues with. Stop for a moment and take opportunity to see hope, to laugh and, and just find a break in that. Laughter is okay. God's given us that. He's given us joy. Seek that out and let that bring some freedom in that moment. Because when you do that, it brings some clarity. It brings a peace in our lives. And yes, there's a time to be serious, like I said. But even still, in the midst of it, find a moment to break. Over the years, um, I, I use comedy as a break for anytime, anything serious for the most part. <laughs> and um, But I've found, though, when I'm when I'm doing stuff with uh, folks who are mourning or going through things, who are going through some serious, appropriately sliding in a a joke in an appropriate manner, it breaks the tension for a moment, and it brings hope for a person in, in that time frame. And this this stupid movie, I kind of wish Kevin had that soundboard. You stupid people, you stupid stupid people. I feel she had that clip from the first episode, <laughs> um, but this stupid movie. It brought joy to me for a moment. And so that's my my encouragement for you guys today. Uh, my weak connection is, is look for a moment to be dumb and relax. Don't take things so serious. No, you have to tell me twice to be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does anybody else have a weak connection? I have something. Go for it. All right. Uh, one of the characters that I thoroughly enjoyed throughout this whole movie was Finletter, the the dumb guy with the parachute and his sword, and he's walking around. And what attracted me to him was of everyone on the special team, he was the one that really just felt the heart and the soul of the thing. Like he was dedicated to the cause. He wanted to go and fight the good fight and kill all the bad guys. He he just, to the point that he got on Mason's nerves sometimes at how dedicated he was to the cause. And the poor guy, he shows up late. He shows up at the wrong time. When he finally kills the enemy, it's at the worst possible time to kill the enemy. Uh, he doesn't really do anything good, like like actually good, until the very end of the film where he's leading everyone away from the city and they go and stomp all over the, the tomatoes, but his heart is there. And, and he even says at one point, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. But even when he thinks he's being spied upon, he reacts and no, we have to keep fighting. And that reminds me of uh, Galatians chapter six, verse nine. And let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap. If we do not give up, uh, Finletter had multiple opportunities to say, I'm a complete screw up. I am not doing this right. I am not doing what I'm trying to do, what my superior officer is telling me to do, but I am never getting it achieved. I'm never doing it at the right time. I'm always screwing something up. I'm always messing something up. He could have at any point in that film said, forget this. I'm done. I'm turning in my parachute. I'm out. But he didn't. He persevered. He kept going. He kept going. He wouldn't stop. He tried and tried and tried. And I believe that God honors that. When you are trying to do his will, when you are trying to seek him, 
even if you feel like you're a bumbling idiot all the way through it, God shows up, God takes what you're doing, and he uses it for his glory. And so what, what I draw from Finletter is, even when I feel like I'm a complete dunce, keep going. Keep going. Ho- keep that hope alive. And God will use what you do. You'll be at the right place at the right time to do what you need to do. It's good. Kevin, do you have something or? No. Okay. <clears throat> you see, you see your stupid minds, stupid, stupid. That's all I'm taking. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Awesome. You're welcome. That's exactly what I'm here for. So with that cheery little note, let's uh, go ahead and land this ship. Um, Kevin, where can people find you on the interwebs, my good sir? Don't. All right. Uh, Doubt? No. (laughs) Go ahead, man. Oh, um, just find me where you find me. I mean, I guess they could find me if they really want to. I'm on YouTube, Facebook, and everything. So, yeah. If you want to find me, find me. All right. Well, Kevin's going to play hard to get for all you ladies out there. It's really uh, difficult since his, all of his links are in the show notes down below. <laughs> all See? right. It's right there. That being said, Dallas, interwebs, you. Yeah. Wow. For the most part, you can find me through uh, all the Geek Devotions social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for Geek Devotions. You can find us on YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash Geek Devotions. Uh, and you can find this podcast and other associated geek, uh, Devoted Geek Network uh, podcasts at geekdevotions.com where we have uh, podcasts, devotionals. We have articles written by all the esteemed gentlemen on this board right here. Uh, we meet in a tiny room every week to discuss what we're writing. It's a lot of fun. And so we see that the only way to effectively stop this threat is to build a giant super robot with superpowers and send him after the kaiju tomato. I was letting the awkward silence go just to see how long we could go before Branson broke. (laughs) Um, all right Branson where can people find you on the interwebs Uh, well if you can catch me when I am not mourning the loss of my beach ball pet you can find me on a small section of com talk bees views and reviews where I review faith based family friendly comics and I also promote the creators that make them Dallas is giving me a death glare and I don't understand why (laughs) he is staring into my soul and I am very uncomfortable (laughs) But because he has a soul, the beach ball doesn't. He He's holding his microphone like it's a sword, and I think he's going to cut my head off with it. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, you can't see what I see, but it is scary. I will have nightmares. Uh, you trying are to take actually, your mind off the beach ball. Uh, you, you are actually, uh, you have something else coming up soon, too. I, I do, I do. I am currently working on a... Uh, audio drama slash uh, narrated fiction type thing uh, called Gospel by Gaslight. And I'm set to have it release in September. I actually... Let's go! I... I, uh, Fun little fact, I finished writing the first episode uh, last... Wait, wait, today's... No, uh, Thursday night of this week 
Friday night, I finally got around to sitting down and reading one of John's new projects, We Read Allegedly, and in listening to him and Dallas's lovely bride, Celeste Mora, and Squid discuss a book that they had read, I realized that there are some changes I need to make to the first episode. So thank you for that, John, that you've given me more work to do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you did an audio book project? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's like a it's a it's it's a story that I'm writing. It's an episodic story, and I'm going to be reading it. It's like a book uh, okay. on tape, or this is a like CD, or... bunch of people you had voices on. Okay. Uh, no, what I was referring to is Branson is going to be making an uh, an appearance in an upcoming mini series for the playing games oh, with strangers yeah. Patreon. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. I should have gone in that direction. Yes. I am getting to hang out with some of my playing games with strangers icons that I look forward to. We're doing a call of Cthulhu one shot and I get to play a character and I am uber excited. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. I just have a feeling this is going to be like your appearance on that show. Branson's going to be like when John met Pastor Scott. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like if I were to suddenly find myself in a room with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Well, first off, Branson, that's a coffin. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to lose weight. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm done. I can't even right now. Thank you, Dallas, for that joke. I greatly appreciate that one. I love that one. <laughs> All right. And my name is John Haru. You can find me on the interwebs. I have lots of projects. Uh, I am the DM of Playing Games with Strangers, the aforementioned podcast. I am in the book review podcast called We Read Allegedly, which is another extension of the Geek Devotions Network. I am the voice of Nick Foster on uh, Supersonic Pod Comics, and yeah, that's pretty much it for now. Uh, have another another podcast idea that I'm pounding out, so might have something else to throw out there soon. John's you know, going to get to the point where he's just going to he's going to be recording like all the time. He's not going to have any free time. He's just going to be in front of a mic from the time he wakes up to the time he goes to bed. I That's like how he's like, all the time. Dallas, you have so many podcast, podcast projects. I'm like, don't you have a network of podcasts that you do, John? I mean, you have your own network. It's the yeah, Johncast. I, no, it's the Geek Devotions Network because that's the network that all my shows end up on. <laughs> <laughs> what's I up, have Kevin? One thing. Yeah, what's if, up? If anybody wants to, because I know we do podcasting, but I'm also doing short films, so... Um, some of you may know that I'm becoming more involved in short films and yes. other film projects. So there's a short film called Trust God for, to watch the whole film in its entirety. It's 10 minutes, so it's not very long. If you want to, you could, um, I believe you put the show notes and everything else down below the link to it. That'd be grand. Um, just let me know your thoughts on it. That'd be fantastic because it's also entered into a music bed challenge. So we're interested in trying to make this to a future length film, if that can be a possible that only happens by vote. So if you wish to vote on that, not saying you should, but you know, just watch it and tell you know, if you like it, vote for it. If not, okay. But at least you watch it and just you know, that way you can see what I look like, and I don't say any lines, unfortunately. So hey, Kevin, when is voting in on that project? It's starting now. When does it end? It ends, and I believe two months. Cool. So you have 
a month or two. I don't I don't know the exact time. He hasn't said, but right. it's for this year. So the music Sweet. bed challenge for 2022. Right. Well, yeah. links will be in the show notes for that. And if anybody would just ask the question now that Kevin brought it up, what does Kevin look like? He is a beautiful, beautiful man. He I'm does just, shampoo commercials, too. Yes, I've seen them. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he is a delight to behold. I wished I had um, and, got paid for those shampoo commercials if I wasn't one. And I uh, always thought he looks rather dapper. Thank you. He, he, he does. And he, he is a very beautiful man that we all we all wish we could be. So the that young being, man. <laughs> he, he's the okay. kind of man a man wants when a man wants a man okay <laughs> With i guess that i'm being... the john i'm the john way of this city for this generation he's as strong as a coursing river with all the strength of a great typhoon with all the rage of a raging fire mysterious as the dark side of the moon and that's just his beard all right uh <laughs> I'm, I'm shutting this down before it gets any weirder. Good night, everybody. One, one, last, one last thing. One last thing. One last thing. You people need to go to the um. What's the event that's happening in Shreveport with you guys? What's that? Geekcon. Geekcon. What, what, what day is that happening? What day? Is? Sometime in August. 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 Hang on. Let me consult the okay. calendar. Whatever. We're not overtime. Who cares? This isn't football. We, August nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty-first. So if you love your people, yeah, you come meet the entire crew. Really? We're going to have, well, most of the crew is going to be there, but come meet us. Come hang out yeah. with us. It's going to be fun. Branson's going to be there. John's going to be there with his beard. We're going to have squid somewhere around here. And I'm then, getting a tattoo. Then I'm excited because the entire cast, most of the cast, a lot of the cast, we've got to kidnap a few of the cast of the uh, 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 shut down, reload. Geek Devotions. No, not the, the Geek Devotions. <laughs> playing games with strangers will be there. Uh, hopefully. Uh, but that that's that that remains to be seen. Uh, so with that being said, I'm killing this. Good night, everybody. Mmm, tomatoes. <laughs>